Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to Bible Prophecy Talk. This is the news edition of the podcast, hopefully a bi-weekly podcast. You can go to the website BibleProphecyTalk.com. The show notes are available in a once-a-week newsletter, which you can sign up at the website BibleProphecyTalk.com. All right, I'm going to jump right into the news today, starting with general news. Um, this headline is from MSN uh, 19 hours ago. Philadelphia Police Department faces manning crisis as officers opt for retirement and the department struggles to attract recruits. There are similar stories like this popping up, uh, not just from Philadelphia, but all around the country. And uh, we saw this last year to some extent, too. And it's basically people are leaving the police force and you could you could obviously see why. I think that Part of the race uh, war narrative that has been just so thrust upon the country, I mean, it's had two main reasons, I think, that it's being pushed. Number one is it's sort of America's version of class warfare, which is needed to bring in communism. It doesn't really work in America to do the class warfare thing. I think they were trying that with the uh, 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 kind of Occupy Wall Street uh, concept, but it never really took because America uh, kind of wants to be in the upper class. That's sort of the American dream. So they never really could divide us on class as much. They still try because it's just, it's so old hat communism. They kind of have to, but uh, really they want to divide it in this way. And I think it's just, uh, it's sad because I believe America is this shining beacon in terms of racism. At least we were getting there. We weren't perfect, but we, I think we were doing better and we had more opportunity to do better because we are a melting pot and we were doing great until this kind of thing happened. But anyway, the point is police officers are leaving and they're going to have trouble with recruits. They're going to lower recruit requirements because they ultimately need the good guys out and the bad guys in any good new world order, any good communism needs, uh, uh, rough ruffians to do their dirty work. And ultimately this looks like a global situation where you take people from uh, one country and bring them over to another country to be the police where they don't have any uh, um, connection with the people that they're told to do these atrocities to. And, and in a true communist system, you're going to have a situation where they're going to be paid just a little bit more. There's going to be res respect and fear for them. It's going to be one of the only good jobs to have. And I think that uh, true economic downturn also uh, makes that happen. I think it's all the, 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 the getting the good guys out is happening right now in the police force. But I think tr really, truly bringing the bad guys in uh, is a new thing that I really haven't seen happen yet. But I expect to happen in the future that will probably coincide with true economic uh, uh, struggles. Moving on to the next story, Tennessee legislature passes bill requiring absentee ballot watermarks. I thought this was an interesting uh, story just based on what I think is happening in the Maricopa County in uh, Arizona and all that. I think it's this is stories really here for me to just quickly comment on that idea of the uh, election thing. And I think we see all kinds of cool stories about this thing. Here's one from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, exclusive spy plane identified circling the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum where the election audit is taking place. What's going on? And it's got a picture of uh, this thing from the FAA where they're tracking, you know, this one plane just circling it over and over and over. Um, 
And I think that you see all kinds of stuff. You, you do see, I think, an attempt to sort of poison the waters from a lot of uh, uh, players in this, where they're going to say, you know, the idea that conspiracy theorists are the ones doing this. Pay no attention, but from, you know, all intents uh, and purposes, it seems like the methodology that they have to determine whether or not uh, these ballots are uh, uh, fraudulent or not is pretty sound. So I guess my point is... Um, We'll wait and see. I think the, the I saw a story the other day that was saying nothing good could come from this, and I was like, "Well, it depends on what your uh, what your position on on that is." I mean, if you, it's true that nothing good can come from it, if by that you mean, um, well, you know what I mean. If you think that election integrity is is something worth uh, knowing about, then yes, something good can come from this. Um, moving on, Canada will require vaccine passport for entry. This is a series of articles I've seen from not just Canada, also the European Union has announced that, but a little bit of a different take. It sounded like the European Union uh, proposal was for uh, that they were going to open uh, uh, international travel again, except only if you had the vaccine. So that, therefore, you can only leave the European Union if you have the vaccine. Here, Canada is saying you can't come to Canada uh, unless you have had the vaccine. So the reason I think this is interesting, one of the, I mean, besides the obvious, uh, which is it's just terrible, and this is probably likely going to be the future of uh, travel and like it's ever going to change, right? The, the government in no way, shape or form will be like, oh, well, let's, uh, let's, let's throw away these, uh, these passport apps now. Now that we have everybody wonderfully tracked and traced, let's just uh, not do this anymore. That's never going to happen. They're never going to stop it. Once you give this to them, they'll never take it away. But... I think it's interesting for the economic uh, reasons, because obviously if a country, I mean, country, a lot of countries out there totally rely on tourism. And when you say, okay, we'll open up the, and that Canada is less so, but you know, countries like Italy and, and these you know, that are already struggling economically and all these things that are going to say, you need a vaccine to come back to this school, or you needed a vaccine to go to this concert or all these things. It's, nobody's going to go there. I, I really, truly think that the, the that we haven't been getting the vaccine at, at the kind of rate that they've been shouting about. And so while on the one hand, that's, a, that's good news, but it's economically terrible news. We're already on a knife's edge economically. And then to put these artificial boundaries on the reopening, something that uh, a priori people are just not going to do. You know, I'm not going to fly... Uh, if you make me get a vaccine to do it. So there's my dollars to that industry. And it's not just me, right? It's just so many people and so many industries are going to be in that same boat. So it's just, this is more of an economic story, I think is what I am interested about that. Uh, this one, dark moment in history as GMO mosquitoes released in Florida. So I mentioned this last episode, but I thought it was interesting because of the backlash to this which some people in the, in the Florida Keys had been uh, 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 saying. So I, I was when I read that, I was like, this is crazy. But the article that I read didn't say much about it. It was just like, this is what's happening. And I was thinking, is nobody going to say anything about this? And so this article popped up, and I'll just read a little bit of it. Is, is this from uh, uh, Children's Health Defense? Environmentalists and Florida residents voiced concern and outrage last week as state government officials and the biotechnology giant Oxitec uh, moved ahead with a pilot project that involves releasing up to a billion genetically 
engineered mosquitoes in Monroe County over a two-year period. Presented by local authorities as an effort to control the population of Aedes aegypti, a mosquito species that can carry both the dengue and yellow fever virus, critics warned that the efforts the effort's supposed benefits and its potential negative consequences have not been sufficiently studied. Responding to news that the first boxes of genetically modified mosquitoes were placed in six locations in Monroe County last week, Friends of the Earth uh, noted in, and that's a, a group of, of some kind, noted in a press release that, quote, scientists have raised concerns that G. E mosquitoes could create hybrid wild mosquitoes, which could worsen the spread of mosquito-borne diseases and could be more resistant to insecticides than the original wild mosquitoes. I think it's interesting that they're trying to fight these problems with, like, we've got a wild mosquito. That's the problem. I know what we'll do. Let's release other wild mosquitoes. Now, the concept is that, uh, let me just read, because I, I think there was a couple other interesting lines here. The Florida Keys Mosquito Control District and Oxitec said late last week less than 12,000 mosquitoes are expected to emerge this week, so they're doing it over a period of time. Uh, a death mechanism designed into the mosquitoes... Oops, I lost my place. A death mechanism designed into mosquitoes is meant to ensure no viable female offspring will result from the mating, according to Oxitec. The male offspring will pass on the self-limiting gene to half of their offspring self-limiting gene to half of their offspring, said company spokesman. Uh, that's me, by the way, for all you iPhone uh, users that have not changed your default uh, text. So basically, um, yeah, a death mechanism is designed to these. They're intended to go mate with the uh, other mosquitoes. That's their purpose. They go out there and they mate with them, but they have a death mechanism, which I think will make their offspring not live. And the whole thing makes me think of that Jurassic Park line from Jeff Goldblum. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how scientifically they researched that, but it's just, uh, you know, burned in my brain for anybody in my generation that saw that movie 3,000 times, uh, which is that life will find a way. And I figure if just one of those mosquitoes survives, then, right, it's, it's immune to this thing. And who knows what has happened. Now you have, in fact, created a hybrid mosquito. So, I mean... Who knows? Who knows if uh, this is a bad idea or not? I mean, I know it's a bad idea. Uh, who knows if it will uh, actually be bad in practice? But it just seems like there's no way that this the the benefits outweigh the risks here. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's see what we've got. President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, still owns a stake in Chinese firm. I just wanted to put this here because the the whitewashing of of Hunter Biden's problems are so crazy in the uh, mainstream media. It's like, to, to listen to the mainstream media, you would think conservatives are mad at him for smoking crack. I mean, conservatives are not, no, it's the treason, I think, that we were more concerned about uh, than the crack smoking. Yes, the crack smoking and the uh, posing naked and the pedophilia and uh, with your own family, The uh, that, that, that was a concern, yes, um, but it was the treason mostly, that we were concerned about. If we could still talk about that, that would be good. Uh, anyway, moving on. This one is more, it's kind of out of place. I think I'll mention it. I'll mention it now, but it should be in the censorship section, which there's a lot to talk about today. Finnish politician faces up to six years in prison for citing Bible criticizing homosexuality. This is interesting, and this is from InfoWars, but uh, I've seen it other places. And so she's a politician, and I was just reading what she did. I mean, you know, 
I expect a lot of these things to be some kind of outlandish version of them doing something, you know, even then it's absolutely terrible, but you know, some abrasive person saying something, but she's literally just posting Bible verses. I mean, she's done a few other things and mentioned things specifically, but uh, current Finnish member of parliament and former minister of the interior, uh, Pavi Rasen was charged on three hate crime counts with the investigation being triggered in her posting, posting Romans 1, 24 through 27 in response to the participation of the Finnish Lutheran Church in the 2019 LGBT Pride Festival. So she sees a post about the Lutheran Church and the LGBT Pride Festival, and she posts Romans 1, 24 through 27, and now is charged with three hate crime counts. Um, so yeah, if you had any, uh, I, I mean, Europe is just, is on fire with censorship and, uh, and totalitarianism. And, you know, they're already sort of post-Christian anyway. Uh, so it's just, a, it's not a good look over there in Europe for that. But we'll, we'll hit more of that and be able to discuss more details about it when we get there. I've got some thoughts on the matter. Okay. Uh, well, I guess now that I see, we have actually moved in the, to the censorship section. Uh, and yes, so let's just get right into that. Uh, beyond censorship, now into person, personal threats. Dr. Mercola forced to delete content offering uh, na natural health. Also, Dr. Mercola puts out an article where why I'm removing all articles related to vitamins D, C, zinc, and COVID. <clears throat> so um, what I can gather from this, and this is just so, so awful. So M Dr. Mercola... Um, is a been around forever. It's a, been a great source of natural health news. It's been sort of the uh, sane version of uh, the other guy, Mike. Uh, what's his name? Uh, but I like Dr. McCullough's site for the most part, and he has been posting really good stuff. And apparently, the let's just read some of this stuff. In an announcement, Dr. Mercola explained that one of the last straws was when Bill Gates, a Bill Gates funded doctor, called on a terror called on terrorists who personally attacked Dr. Mercola for uh, countering the pro-vaccine agenda of Gates and other medical fascists who have been ranked uh, raked in obscene profits in the past year pushing masks. This is from definitely not Mercola. This is from Prophecy Update. So. Take it with a grain of salt in terms of the editorializing. Peter uh, Ho uh, Hotez, president of the Gates-linked Sabin Vaccine Institute, recently pulled, uh, pulled out a report called Meeting the Challenge of Vaccine Hesitancy that contains a call to action for cyber warfare experts to wage war on people like Dr. Mercola, who are teaching people to protect their health naturally. Uh, uh, the, the United Nations and the highest levels of government must take direct, even confrontational approaches with Russia and move to dismantle anti-vaccine groups in the United States. Da -da 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 -da. Consequently, Dr. Mercola has uh, already been deplatformed from all the major social networks, uh, social media networks. His website was also targeted by left-wing cyber terrorists who launched numerous attacks in an effort to silence him. And run uh, and run his operation straight into the ground. Um, so, quoting, it is with a heavy heart that I purge my website of valuable information. So, so here he's talking, I, and I think, and I, I didn't read this entire article from him, but just based on this whole thing about the the 
removing stuff about vitamin D has to be linked to that new act that uh, that was in the news a couple weeks ago or a week ago in which the chiropractor was the first to be charged for the COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act or something like that. So in that case, it would be people that are selling. It sounds like to me, I haven't read the act, but I need to. People that are selling vitamin D and saying that it can be good for COVID. Um, they're probably right now, that's the loophole in America where they're able to uh, get people. Now, Mercola, from what I can gather here, is saying that 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 people are asking for physical harm for him and his family. So I guess what I wanted to say about the censorship on the on a broad level is that I wanted to let people know that the walls are really closing in more than you might think with this. It is not the Google, the Google machine doesn't work anymore. I used to love searching stuff on Google. It was like this everything machine. I could find anything. It was like, it was beautiful how much information was available. Those days are gone. Those, those, uh, they're so shadow banned. Anything that is contrary to, to the, uh, uh, not only are they de-ranked, but instead you're fed just an entirely different agenda. So Google is out. Well, you say, what about DuckDuckGo? DuckDuckGo doesn't do the same kind of algorithm problems, but when you have things like, for example, news, uh, like if you know what website you want to go to, then you can get there via DuckDuckGo and to some extent with Google. If you already know the website, uh, it, they haven't been delisted yet. But in terms of trying to find uh, a news story, um, the only thing out there in terms of the news is the mainstream stuff. And part of that is the sheer volume and the money behind it. So what I mean is I heard a figure today and I can't remember what it was, but the Washington Post had like this huge amount of writers on staff, just a massive amount of writers. And remember, we talked last time about this influx of money. Think about Jeff Bezos, who uh, owns the Washington Post, has so much money now that this uh, inflation thing has happened with the, the his stock price. And he's already had so much money. But now, and one of the things that real things you can do with that is pay people to basically write stories. So they're, so they're filling up these feeds, just they have so much money to put into writing these stories that are pro narrative, right? So you can almost not find anything in the news feeds. And so you're, you're forced to do what I'm doing here is to get some kind of aggregator. Or for example, in the case of places like Mercola and Infowars, they were uh, these kind of beachheads where uh, it would be more listener-oriented. People would send them stories or uh, uh, things that they wouldn't have been able to find through search engines. They would send them personal experiences, and a lot of that stuff is a sort of news tips and that kind of thing. And there are a few places out there like that. Like uh, I think Gateway Pundit is one of those that seems to me to be like really in Zero Hedge and a few others, but but it's really, really few. It's really few and it's getting fewer. And you can see this big machine rising up to call them terrorists and we need to get rid of them. We need to take their assets. We need the FBA to swarm them. And there is no justice anymore. I mean, it won't, justice is, is, is going out the window with that. So you can make the claim that somebody is a, a having hate speech because they, or, or endangering the public because they said something about vitamin D or that vaccines are something other than perfectly safe and, and perfectly effective. Uh, it be, it, and I'm just telling you that there's, 
that that's really dangerously we're really dangerously low on those kind of places and it's not going to take much to get those out of there you know it, if we just had one little minor event that was blamed on a vaccine person or a second wave or you know release some kind of new variant or something like that then yeah i mean that right there would be all that would be needed to get rid of 90% of the, those that are left out there through intimidation or what have you, you know? Uh, anyway, I just want to point that out. Censorship is getting crazy and there's no checks and balances. And yes, there is some people that are trying to say some voices in the wilderness saying, what about free speech? But it's just, it's, 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 it, it, there's not enough power behind it. Again, I, I really bring this back to, uh, to it's, it's, it's God or nothing as far as I can tell. This is too powerful. It's too big for any of us. Um, there, it, it, it could turn around if there was something or some kind of rallying point. We just need some, we need an easy button. We don't need analysis paralysis. We don't need to be the person that has to feel like they need to like write a treatise about everything that's wrong with the vaccine or whatever. We need, we need the person to produce the, 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 the 30 minute documentary or, or, or whatever that just, just destroys it. And, uh, or, or whatever it is, the whistleblower or something we need a rallying point, if that's what it is, or far be it for me to tell, tell God what, what the thing is, but I do pray for that. And I uh, ask you to continue to pray for it because, uh, I think that's the way to go. But at the same time, as I've said, it may be God's will that we go through, um, we go through whatever this is. And that's okay too with me because I feel like, um, you know, whatever God wants to do, then that's what's uh, best. Um, so, so either way, but I still continue to pray and I encourage you to pray as well that uh, God would be the one to go to battle for us here and to bring something into the fray that could uh, uh, turn the tide in this information uh, war, which we are currently losing very badly. All right, let's move on to economics. And before we do, I do want to thank Philip H. for his donation this week. It was a recurring donation. So thank you, Philip. Uh, I will endeavor to use it wisely and for the glory of the Lord. Let me also take this time to say you can also um, help this podcast by praying for me. That's number one. And number two, um, writing a review on iTunes. You can just do a search for Bible Prophecy Talk on iTunes, click on it, and it will let you uh, review it. Also, I would say that you can produce the show if you want to help me with any kind of sending me articles and that kind of stuff that might be interesting. You can do so at my uh, um, website, BibleProphecyTalk.com, where you can also sign up for the mailing list. And at the end of the week, I will send out all the links to the articles that I've mentioned here on the show this week. Okay, so mainly with economic stuff this week is, is continuing with the theme of we've just started talking about inflation as a country all of a sudden. And it seems like everybody seems to know it's a thing. Um, I listened to Glenn Beck and this morning it was basically all about this statement to shareholders uh, via Zero Hedge in which Bank of America said, excuse me, said, um, quote da, 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 of an absolute basis mentioned skyrocketed near to near of inflation uh, skyrocketed to near record highs from 2011 pointing to at the very least transitory hyperinflation ahead so this is <laughs> interesting from Bank of America to their shareholders here uh, it is um, I think that's what it was it was a shareholder 
meeting or a earning statement meeting. In any case, transitory hyperinflation. So transitory means basically that's what the Fed's been saying that inflation's supposed to be, right? It's just because of COVID. It's just because of uh, the Suez Canal. You know, uh, it's messing us up. But if it wasn't for that, then we'd be fine. So yeah, the prices are going to go up like crazy, but it's just going to be transitory until all the, the stuff gets fi figured out and we get back to work and everybody gets their vaccine like, uh, like they should. Uh, they're good little boys and girls. And so but the difference here is Bank of America has said transitory hyperinflation, which is, you know, not something that you would uh, say lightly to uh, to in this context. This is Bank of America. This is uh, in a meeting that you, you choose your words very carefully. Now, this seems to be likely. I don't know about likely, maybe uh, certainly plausible based on what we're seeing with some of these runaway prices that are getting away. And, you know, everything right now, we're able to sort of say, ah, well, it's because of supply and demand. It was because of this thing or that thing. I know people people have been talking about lumber in terms of inflation for a while. I I think that's a part of it, but there's been some other things. I'm following a, uh, a lumber guy for the last year. Uh, his name is, well, I don't know what his name is, but on YouTube, he's called Uneducated Economist. And he's basically, he works at a lumber yard. He's been basically talking about it this whole time. And yes, there are lumber piled up certain places. And his take on it is that it's like, a, it's in addition to a lot of these other things, it's this sort of uh, uh, a transportation problem as well. And you've got these huge buys coming in now because of people speculating on it now. So there's all these factors happening in places that we can essentially say, oh, it's just because of this. We've all, all got our theories about that or or over here with um, uh, food prices. It's a shortage on chicken and that's why it went up and everything. And that's you're also hearing that same thing that it's starting to be less plausible to me, right? Everything's a shortage. Aluminum is a shortage and, and this is a shortage and that's a shortage and gas is a shortage and, and food's a shortage. And, and, you know, eventually I think that you have to say, you know, wait a minute, we don't we, in this sort of uh, on-time delivery thing that we have, we don't produce anything. Um, it's it's certainly, I'm sure there are supply chains disrupted as a result of COVID and even the Suez Canal and the rest of it. And that's causing supply and demand issues. I think with the chip shortage too, you can say, I, I mean, I, I can make sense of the chip shortage if I wanted to. I think their explanations to some degree make sense. For example, um, you know, in the lockdown situation, what you did is you and you forced all the kids to go to school on a computer. Most of America not having a computer, then everybody had to buy a computer, had to buy a webcam, had to buy all this stuff. Um, yeah, I, that that was a huge uh, demand shock on on electronics that probably did really mess everything up in terms of that. But does it explain all of the rest of this? I'm not sure that it does. Uh, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because it, even if the Bank of America here is just saying what I just said, taking the sort of view that I just took, it's still transitory hyperinflation ahead, hyperinflation, major, major prices that are going to cause other prices to go bad and stuff like that. And that's assuming that we haven't done ir irreparable damage to the economy with the uh, the trust of the dollar by printing um, gobs and gobs of money. As I've said before, in any normal situation, that would be the death of the dollar, and it very well may prove to be 
but we're also in a situation where everybody else is doing the exact same thing to their currency. And you got probably uh, Klaus Schwab in the corner with his ridiculous clothes. I mean, he, he already looks like a supervillain, but if you look up Klaus Schwab's clothing and it, it's almost like he's trying to look like a supervillain, um, that he's laughing away because of the great reset seems to be the only logical outcome to this uh, economic hole that we have dug. So um, let's move on to some other stories and see if we can figure out anything about any of this. Um, a majority of U.S. companies will require workers to provide proof of vaccination. This, I think, is economic news because if you're going to say, hey, you can come back to work now, but you have to get the vaccine and, and not just I think a huge number of people are being like, well, I won't work there anymore. We're already having labor shortages because of other things, including uh, government policy of of all the 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 stimulus fund. And nobody wants to go back to to work and all that stuff. But this does two things. Number one, it makes Christians uh, economically a down class, because I do think that in the main Christians are going to be the ones that are not getting vaccines, probably to a larger degree. If for no other reasons that Christians can sniff out uh, um, evil uh, better than most and therefore aren't doing this. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong if you get it, if you got it with a Christian, if you're a Christian, I, I, I don't think it's the death of you. We'll talk about that when we get to, you know, the vaccine second section or hope it's not anyway. Um, but anyway, I, I'm just saying that, Christians in the main, I don't think are going to get it, which is ultimately going to make them a poor class in the future because they'll probably stick to their guns better than most about that issue and therefore will be a class without jobs. Not everybody's lucky enough to to have a job that they, uh, to be self-employed or to have an employer that doesn't mind uh, or that w wouldn't do that or to live in Florida for that matter. Um, Although I, I think, you know, Texas and some other states are doing that as well, uh, saying that they're not going to do that. But the individual companies essentially can do whatever they want. Um, OK, so what to do about all this economic stuff? I don't really know. I mean, there is no easy button. The, the, I still think that um, hard assets are a way to go. If you had extra money, um, you know, there's no easy answer because everything has its problems. I, I really tend to lean towards, at this point, it's about uh, capital preservation. It's not about gains. It's uh, about, uh, in my opinion, buying things that are useful uh, or that can um, provide use in the future. Uh, things that, um, you know, I think that if shortages are a thing, buy, buying things like parts and different stuff like that, that you can have an eBay business or whatever. I mean, but I don't know. Uh, don't take advice from me with all this stuff because I don't know which way it's going to go. And I don't think anybody does. All right. I think I'm going to move to COVID and vaccine news. And then I'll wrap up with um, some some interesting sort of Christian censorship stuff, which is crazy. And then also maybe a little bit of world news, Israel. I've got some China stuff here, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong some Tigray and some other things as well. So let's start off with uh, this one from NTD. At least 9,245 Americans tested positive for COVID-19 after vaccination, 132 dead. The number of documented so-called breakthrough COVID-19 cases has climbed above 9,000, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 
As of April 16th, uh, 9,245 people tested positive for COVID-19 at least two weeks after getting their final COVID-19 vaccine, the health agency reported. About 9% or uh, 835 required hospitalization, 132 died. Of the hospitalized patients, 241 were said to be asymptomatic or having uh, an illness not related to COVID-19, and 20 of the deaths were reported as asymptomatic or not related to the disease, which is caused by the uh, CCP virus. Um, so this tells you who you're getting from with this. But So I'm assuming this is probably VAERS data. Yeah, here we see VAERS. Uh, also Friday, a number of adverse uh, events reported to the passive vaccine ad uh, adverse event reporting system. VAERS was updated, reaching 133,000. And the reason... Um, uh, that I say that is because, of course, the CDC nor nobody, I think, would ever mention that anybody has ever died from a vaccine. So in this case, I think they might actually have admitted that 132 people died from COVID-19 because they'll let anybody die from COVID-19. They just got to have like hearsay of somebody saying, I think they, they had the sniffles. COVID-19 it is. But nobody's ever died from a vaccination officially, I think, probably according to them. But anyway, it is interesting, and the reason I have this here is because it is, you know, you really need to have these numbers at the tip of your uh, 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 mind here to tell people, look, people get COVID-19 and die, according to the CDC, all the time. I don't know what the percentage of 132 into 9,245 is, but it's pretty high. And so, you know, what is that, 1% at least, 1.3%, um, something like that, maybe a little more. Um Anyway, moving on. COVID-19 is a vascular disease. Coronavirus's spike protein attacks vascular system on a cellular level. This is from SciTech Daily. This is an interesting site. This is not a conspiracy site. This appears to be a, you know, for all intents and purposes, a pro-vaccine, you know, super scientific site. Let me just read some of this. Representative images of vascular endothelial Thelial control cells left and cells treated with SARS-CoV-2 spike protein right show that the spike protein causes increased mitochondrial fragmentation in va vascular cells. Um, Salk researchers and collaborators show how the protein uh, damages cells, confirming COVID-19 as a primarily vascular disease. Scientists have known for a while that SARS-CoV-2 distinctive spike proteins help the virus infect its host's host by latching onto healthy cells. Now, a um, major new study shows that they also play a key role in the disease itself. The paper, published on April 30th, 2021 in Circulation Research, also shows conclusively that COVID-19 COVID is a vascular disease, demonstrating exactly how the SARS-CoV-2 um, virus damages and attacks the vascular system on a cellular level. The findings help explain COVID-19's wide variety of seemingly unconnected complications and could open the door for new research into more effective therapies. So being a bloodborne illness does account for a lot of the weird things that people were reporting about uh, SARS before. And, you know, I do think that the whole Wuhan lab thing is going to come out. This is a weird thing and it's not a flu virus. And but the but the lead story here is that it's the spike protein itself uh, that is a problem. These things were done uh, with essentially a virus that didn't have anything in it. So they were able to, in a control, tell that it was a spike protein by itself that was causing this disease and that the disease itself is more of a blood vascular disease as opposed to 
I suppose, a respiratory disease, although I'm probably getting some terminology wrong there. This, of course, brings up the question, well, what about the vaccines? And I'm sure that these people um, would have an answer for that. Um, but my, and it should be noted that this is a very Chinese-centric study. Other authors in the study are, and these are a lot of Chinese stuff going here. So take all this with a grain of salt. This is a very heavily funded by China, according to, to this. I mean, I don't know um, what, I mean, I'm sure they're CCP, but anyway, um, the point here, I guess, is, is the vaccine, which causes your body to create spike protein, is that then, in fact, a bioweapon? And I would say certainly it is a problem if the spike protein, and I, I'm, I'm sure that the creation of the spike protein is causing some of these adverse reactions that people are getting. I don't take the line yet, and I don't really have any evidence for this, about why the spike protein would produce forever and ever and ever. Um, I need to look that up. If anybody has any information about that, concrete information about how uh, it shuts itself off, but there may not be. It may continue to produce those. And I think that the theory is, well, then the spike protein is the thing. Your body will continue to produce them. You will shed them and, and cause other people to get sick. And I think there may be a time in which that is happening. Um, I would guess, though, that it would actually shut off, that they wouldn't be so bold to do something that you could actually check. But it really would shut off and your body really would create anti antibodies, which I think at the very least, we're looking at two agents of, of, of damage here because it's the antibodies that now recognize the spike protein as bad uh, that could do damage to other places in your body, according to this theory. That is to say, your placenta and your uh, brain and your heart have proteins that presumably look like the spike protein. So the antibodies themselves uh, can be another agent. And if those antibodies last for a long time, which if it's anything like other antibodies with similar viruses, for example, according to uh, some researchers, the, what was it, the, the swine flu, which is a similar coronavirus type virus, you would still have antibodies years afterwards and presumably who knows how long. So th this is all very new and we don't know anything. And I, I feel like we're all stumbling around in the dark right now trying to figure it out and we're too close to it. And then we're going to need some, some help here because we're all going to be too vulnerable to getting it wrong because we're not scientists and we uh, don't know the truth. But something, this is my, ultimately, I would say this about it. You know, even if there wasn't all this evidence, we're about to look at just death after death after death. And we've been looking at all these, you know, reports of people dying. Um, even if we didn't have anything like that, I would be against the vaccine if it was just all truly hunky-dory Nobody was dying from it. Nobody was getting any kind of bad reactions. Nothing was happening. I'd still be like, you don't know what this is going to do long term. Vaccines for a reason have a minimum of a five year 
uh, 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 waiting period before that you have to test long-term data on because they are notorious for long-term effects. And so if you're not testing for them, then no, count me out. I don't want it. I don't care that everybody's looking fine and hunky-dory, but we're not even there. I, I saw something the other day that said, you know, VAERS, everybody, you know, I think I have a, an article here where there, somebody's saying VAERS data is misleading and people are using it wrongly or whatever. And I mean, right now it's basically... <laughs> The only thing that we have because they are so corrupt and they're all so bought off that we only have this sort of, you know, taxpayer funded thing that we can uh, that legally has to be there. Right. Uh, because the vaccines don't have any liability, any, uh, not just for this. The vaccine companies don't have any liability, not just for this uh, uh, round, but they haven't had true liability for a long time. Thank you, uh, Ronald Reagan. And in fact, um, the vaccine, I don't want to get into all that stuff, but. I don't forget where I was going, so let's just move on. Um, states to do offer beer, cash incentives, and vaccine uh, as demand softens. Just I think that, you know, there is truly not a lot of demand for it here locally. And take this with a grain of salt because I am in a very, uh, I, I guess, you know, uh, red area that I wouldn't be surprised if nobody was taking vaccines or hardly anybody. The local pharmacist, according to a friend, was saying that, oh, my gosh, we have so many doses or whatever, and we can't get rid of them and just like kick in the box. Like, we just can't get rid of these things. I've got thousands of doses I can't deal with. So just an anecdotal story about that. Okay, province increases maximum fine for breaking public health order. So I'm still in kind of COVID other, so I haven't quite got to the actual damage section yet. This is from uh, Canada, and it's talking about a provincial the provincial government is increasing the maximum fine that can be given for someone breaking the public health order and it went up a lot it went up from uh, uh they can face a, a a person an individual can has to pay now seventy five hundred dollars with a forty percent surcharge totaling ten thousand five hundred dollars an organization uh, a minimum uh, can face a maximum fine of one hundred thousand plus a forty percent surcharge totaling one hundred and forty thousand. And that's up quite a bit from 2,000 uh, with an 800 surcharge and the organization, it was 10,000 with a 400 sur surcharge. And it's just total Orwell. They can come up to you in a car and be like, you have to tell me where you're going. And if, you, if I don't like your answer, you're getting this ticket because you're not doing it right. So it's just totally crazy there. And I thought this was interesting that they upped that so much, uh, further sort of pushing the boot on the neck of the Canadians. Um, and I've got some more stories about that here in a minute. This one from National Review. Fauci reportedly relaunched NIH gain-of-function research without consulting the White House. So this idea was popularized on the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Josh Rogan, I think his name is, who was a, I think, a, was he like a Washington Post writer? I don't know if this article says anything about it, in which he puts forward the case of Anthony Fauci being the sort of guy who basically probably illegally funded the uh, coronavirus, or at least, you know, that's the way it looks. He funded gain-of-function research in the Wuhan laboratory. And I think this is interesting to see where this goes. Now, this is from infectious uh, arrest the coronavirus. Um, this is from, as I say, National Review. I don't know what their situation is or how mainstream this is getting. But it, it has the potential to be a thing that could really wake people up. I mean, it would be a true, obvious, 
fox guarding the hen house moment, right? Here's the guy that told us to do everything. He told us to do all the things. And he's the guy that basically, I mean, it's a one-to-one kind of thing. Looks like he's the one who created the thing illegally. Of course, he had reason to cover it up, you know, and then of course he had reason to do that. It's just a easy thing for people to get. So uh, I like I like the idea if it's true. In any case, I wish we could, of course, talk about it, have a debate about it, but that's uh, maybe so- hoping for something uh, that can't happen. But I, I think it's a possibility with this one because, um, you know, it's just a really, really good story. So let's move on to doctors warn don't prescribe ivermectin outside permitted hospitals or face prosecution. This is another one from the Philippines about ivermectin who's trying to have this ivermectin study and they're just getting attacked relentlessly about it. In this case, they've got them to where now you have to only take it in this one particular situation or else in this case, you're getting prosecuted. So they're just, they're just relentlessly attacking them. I don't know how long they can withstand it, uh, but they are, I think, probably the only place right now that's standing up for ivermectin um, as a possibility. And look, the, the studies on ivermectin were pretty intense um, and intensely good. The idea that it's not effective is... You know, I mean, at least according to the uh, papers, and I should talk about something as well. Um, I listened to a podcast called, uh, I'm sorry, Bob, I can't remember, Bible Prophecy something uh, with Bob McLaurin, and he was talking about his experience with COVID-19, and it was a pretty bad situation. He had, it was knocked out pretty good for like six days, and it was just a very intense uh, situation. And I, I, his story was unique because he was doing a lot of things that we would say, hey, that's good. I mean, he was taking a lot of the sort of natural stuff that, um, you know, certainly have been recommended by me and other people I listened to early on. Uh, his take on it was that, um, you know, he wished he had had some of the other components, for example, uh, the Z-Pack, the uh, azithromycin or, or whatever the, the uh, the antibiotic was in addition to some of, I think he was taking Curcutin or something like that, which is a type of, um, I think he had some other stuff too, but didn't have sort of the, the trifecta, the, the, the zinc, the hydroxychloroquine and the uh, azithromycin, which I think is an important component. And he made some th- uh, observations that I thought were important. One of which was that you can, you can kind of have a lot of this stuck stuff stockpiled, but the antibiotics were kind of the bottleneck. And I sent him the link to what I was talking about last time, which is the fish antibiotics. And I, and they have it for every kind of antibiotic. So, um, they have, you can get azithromycin fish antibiotics, aquarium antibiotics, um, can have them shipped to you and they're fairly, fairly cheap. So you can have a lot of this stuff, but my point that I wanted to really say about this, a lot of the, um, anti-parasitic medications or whatever you think you want to give a, uh, a try, a lot of that stuff is really dependent upon catching it early. And, um, you know, you look at the studies and that was usually the thing if they say it's not effective, it's because they waited 14 days to give it to people. And these people were already on their de- deathbed. They give them a few tablets of hydroxychloroquine and the person dies or whatever. And that's when they don't give them le- lethal doses. So they've done everything they possibly can to make it look like it's not effective in those studies. You can just read the methodologies, but in the actual honest studies where they give it early and um, you know, as soon as you start seeing symptoms, that's really, really important for something like this. And I do tend to lean more towards 
hydroxychloroquine now because when you start to see these studies like we just saw with the uh, COVID-19 as a vascular disease and the spike protein and everything else, because it goes on in that article talking about the ACE2 receptors being the primary mechanism, which is spike protein attaches to the ACE2 receptors, and hydroxychloroquine is renowned for its ability to bind to the ACE2 receptors, thereby preventing the spike protein from doing the same, if I understand the mechanism right, something to that effect. Um, so it would minimize outcomes, uh, you know, severe outcomes. If I understand that right, which I'm not a doctor, this is all for entertainment purposes. In fact, this is all a big, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, moving on. Let's go ahead and move on to vaccine damage. Oh, I did want to hit this one before we hit that. Flu has disappeared worldwide during the COVID uh, pandemic. So one of the memes I had put on uh, Twitter and some other places before was the literal uh, CDC data about the flu numbers this year. And, you know, it's down from... 445,000 or whatever it was and, and 44,000 deaths, you know, in 2019 to what was it like 400 cases? I don't know how many deaths they were. They didn't report any deaths. They had one death that they reported of a, a any, anyway, it was probably more than that, but 400 something cases down from 450,000 cases or whatever it was. Obviously nonsense. The, the flu didn't completely disappear. I'm not saying that coronavirus isn't real, but they certainly needed it to be something big enough to justify giving everyone in the world an experimental vaccine and telling everybody to stop working and people doing it. In order to do that, you really need to, to make it look like a little bit more than it is. And that's, I believe, what's happened. But anyway, so this is from uh, Scientific American. And this is what they say. Since the novel coronavirus began, its global spread influenza cases reported to the World Health Organization have dropped to minuscule levels. The reason epidemiologists think, according to, again, the Scientific American, is that influenza viruses are transmitted in much the same way SARS... Uh, uh, wait, the, the reason epidemiologists think is that the public health measures taken to keep the coronavirus from spreading also stop the flu. This is what I almost couldn't believe in that last article that they were they were really saying that masks and hand sanitizer and social distancing and lockdowns, especially, especially from the, the kids. That's where they really tried to focus in on the kids are the problem. Literally solved the flu. We solved the flu. We did not, however, solve, solve SARS-CoV-2. That can only be solved with a vaccine. You could wear double masks, triple masks, the exact same amount of things that we did. For, in fact, you do exactly the same thing that we did. Whatever percentage of people wearing masks, whatever percentage of the people vaccine is exactly the amount you need to completely eradicate the flu. But it does literally nothing for uh, SARS-CoV-2. So what a crazy, crazy idea. And I uh, it's just one of these things that historians will look back on this and shake their head and say, were they in some sort of delusion or something? Was what was the what was the problem? What am I missing here with this information? All right, moving on to COVID vaccine damage stories. Michigan, uh, let's actually move to does COVID-19 vaccine affect your period on air with Ryan Seacrest? So I didn't watch this or anything, but it's just um, we've been talking a lot about this issue of women, uh, you know, having crazy things happen with menstruation, everything from, you know, completely irregular times, irregular flows, people with menopause getting periods, periods, pe children getting periods, um, 
lots of crazy stuff has been happening with this as a result of that. And so it looks like in this particular thing, they're admitting it. Um, this went underreported in the trials, and that's kind of typical for research trials, which is unfortunate. And these are total shills that he's having on the, the, the show, by the way. But the interesting thing is that despite the fact that they are absolute shills, they are admitting that it's an issue. The, the, they're trying to sell is that it's a women's thing. You know, all oh, the, 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 the poor trial, the, they didn't think about women when they were doing the studies because they're such misogynists that they didn't include pregnant, pregnant women in the study, as opposed to like, how about the Nuremberg trials? That was another reason not to include pregnant women in the trial, but whatever. So they didn't think to put that. So, so the idea is, well, we're just going to put uh, that it causes all kinds of crazy st menstruation problems on the, on the list now. Cause the story was, this wasn't on any of the side effect lists. Um, and this tells you something because this issue, which I keep saying is the big issue. This is the one that you can't hide. They're hiding the deaths. They're hiding everything else. The, the paralyzations, we're going to look at blindness, huge amounts of blindness. Um, but this one's harder to, to hide because it seems to be happening almost in every case. Uh, and, I, and I don't know the actual numbers to that. I'm just basing that off of like looking at Reddit posts and other things that are people not trying to be negative against this, but it's like, no one is saying, I know, I know you would say, well, the only people that would comment on that are people that also had it, but you just get the sense that this is a hundred percent of the case in, in many cases. Anyway, um, all that to say, so there, 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 my, my, my takeaway here is also that Let's look at the mechanism for this. They said something about, what did she say? Um, she went through the whole, it's just stress and illness. The uterus reacts to many things, including stress and illness and things like that. Like the, like these people have any idea what they're talking about. There's not been enough time. They have not done a shred of quote unquote science about what is causing it. They're literally saying it's probably stress. It's just stress. And, and the women are saying, look, no, no, no. I've had stress. I was in the, you know, whatever. I've had some stress lady. This wasn't stress. I wasn't even worried about it. I was happy about it. I was completely fine. And even if we are talking about the stress that the, the that the mechanism does on your body. Okay. Well, that's still, I've probably done worse things than that to change, to give you a period after you've been menopausal means something else is happening. And I think that it's the, the, the related to, I don't know what it's related to. That's the problem. But when in the absence of complete absence of long-term studies, then everybody is in the dark, including these, uh, these TikTok doctors who, um, uh, uh, are telling everybody with great confidence, they know it's just nothing to worry about. Get your vaccine ladies. I'm a doctor. I, I know the future and the future is that nothing is bad about this for women. And this is not going to age well, you know, and I, and I think it, it, it may not matter because we'll be so taken over by then. But if it doesn't, if we're not taken over by then, and you're going to look back on how you dealt with this and people, you're, Children and your grandchildren will look back and say, what, what, what was your position on the great worst thing that ever happened to humanity? And you'd be able to say, I stood up against it. I was one of the ones saying, this is bad news no matter what happens. I wasn't the one saying uh, on TikTok saying, ladies, get your vaccines because you will make your baby immune to COVID. Anyway, moving on. Michigan woman's death after J&J &J vaccine leads to CDC probe. This is an interesting one. 19,916 eye disorders, included, including blindness, following COVID vaccine reports in Europe. I get the sense that the Europe version of their 
uh, citizens or however the, the reporting system is, is just a little bit better. Uh, but just going through this, blurred vision, let's go to visual impairment, 1,625, eye swelling, blindness, 303 cases of blindness. Um, my thinking is this, and I, I saw this written somewhere, that if VAERS had just said at this point, instead of whatever it's up to, thousands and thousands and thousands of dead, if it had just said five people died from this, this would not be on the market in any other situation. Theirs has existed for a long time. If five people died from a thing, that it would be considered to be taken off the market. This is, and of course they're saying, oh, theirs doesn't prove anything. You can't prove they were blind. They were probably prone to blindness. They were probably about to go blind anyway, and they just went blind after that. Um, that, that doesn't work forever, I don't think. I don't think you can hide this for very long. <clears throat> Because it's too big, it's too much, people have enough fight in them, people that did go blind and maybe are mad about it are going to do something. And, you know, you just can't hide this for too long. That's why I think the censorship is, is on this just runaway train spewing out money out of its smokestack uh, as it's just tearing down people right now because uh, it's this race to see who you can take out first the people that are going to blow the whistle, uh, or their ability to speak. Okay. 15 year old boy dies after heart attack. Two days after taking Pfizer vaccine had no history of allergic reactions. Uh, this is a VAERS reporting thing. Um, you know, you can, you can just go and look, here's a kid that had a cardiac, uh, health death two days after getting the vaccine. He was what 15 year old. I mean, again, the, I read this thing about, um, you know, this woman getting paralyzed, she was in the news for a while. It's a sad story because, of course, she's on, on camera crying and saying, you know, I really wish I wasn't paralyzed from the neck down uh, and the vaccine did it. And I, they don't tell anybody that this is a possible reaction. And if somebody had told me that you could possibly get paralyzed from the neck down, I would have probably not taken the vaccine. And Pfizer actually reported to that because it went, so, you know, responded to it because it went so viral. And Pfizer was just like, you know, we're sorry to hear about this stuff, but it's basically her fault and we had nothing to do with it. Um, that's our position. We're sticking to it. See you later. And of course they have no, that's just, that's a, it's just evil is what it is. Um, maybe they didn't have anything to do with it. Maybe it was a co coincidence. Maybe this 15 year old boy had heart problems. Um, but eventually the critical mass happens with these and you have to say, yeah, a few, uh, I think whatever we're at now, is probably enough deaths to say this isn't a coincidence. Two-year-old baby dies during Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine experiments on children. So this is, uh, this is uh, uh, within six days of receiving the second injection of Pfizer's experimental Wuhan coronavirus vaccine, a two-year-old baby enrolled in the company's clinical trials for children passed away. And yet, and yet, um, I'm sure this baby... Uh, was screened for being as healthy as possible because that's been Pfizer's MO. They will not let an unhealthy person in these trials. Um, and I'm sure this baby was about as healthy as it gets. And yet it dies in the study. Um, and who knows? All I can see right now, I've got a, a, an alert for the word Pfizer. And the majority of the stories out right now is that Pfizer is uh, looking to get the FDA to emergency approve for kids. I think a whatever it is, the 11 to 15 or a lower age group than they had been emergency approved before. So they keep pushing it down. They're wanting to get to babies, of course. Uh, 
and they want, I mean, they want to sell this to every human in, on the world. Uh, if Pfizer may have a profit motive, motive and not a eugenics motive, but it's starting to look a little bit more like eugenics motive than profit motive. I think uh, if you can combine the two, it's good for uh, a Satanist, I suppose. Uh, Edinburgh mom found dead 48 hours after having the second COVID vaccine as husband devastated. At least one COVID death in Oklahoma after vaccination. Again, all these articles are in the show notes in the newsletter, which will go out on Sunday. Go to BibleProphecyTalk.com. You can sign up for it there. This was a great... So we're going to move on to India. And um, India is... I think I finally got some some uh, purchase on what's happening in India. I wasn't really confident enough to make any kind of stand. I really am not. I'm, I'm open to more information, but there is a great article, a very long article in the Off Guardian that I highly recommend called India's, quote, COVID outbreak and the need for scientific integrity, not sensationalism. So this is uh, by Colin Todd Hunter. It is published 19 hours ago. Uh, no, actually, it's by Off Guardian by Kit Knightley. So, again, this is a long article, but the main takeaways are this, and I put this on Twitter. Um, 80 to 80, uh, 85 to 95% of are asymptomatic cases. That's the first thing. And they talk about the PCR test and the cycles of the PCR test being super, super high. Uh, and they were saying, we need to get those PCR tests levels the the cycle test down before we'll know anything about this because if 85 to 95 percent of these case demic things happening in india are asymptomatic then what do you really have but here's the kicker doctors are getting financial incentives for hospitalizations often asymptomatic so of these 95 85 to 95 percent of the cases being asymptomatic and the doctors who are getting paid to have hospitalizations and there's all kinds of stories in this article of people being offered you know you you take a pcr test you test positive for covid you don't feel anything and yet the doctor is saying you've got to be hospitalized you've got to be hospitalized because the doctors are getting paid for that so in addition to that this article goes on to point out that yeah a lot of people are dying of the same kind of things that they were always dying from and he you know gives some examples of um you know, all kinds of stuff in the city is just terrible living conditions. You can imagine the third world in a lot of these different areas of the city and in and, and, and various places in India. But the problem is if you've made everybody get tested and all of a sudden they are in a situation where they have, uh, um, you know, everybody's basically currently a walking COVID test because everybody that takes the test will get it at that cycle level. Because as the inventor of the PCR test said, past a certain threat. Even Anthony Fauci said this in, a, in an interview. I think he said after, I want to say 26 cycles, anything above 26 cycles, even Anthony Fauci is on camera saying it's it's basically viral fragments at that point. There's nothing, there's no, nothing to that past a certain level because everybody will have a viral fragment that you can say, oh, that's COVID there. If you are willing to set, set the cycle level that high. Um, threshold. I can't think of the CT threshold basically is what they call it or something like that. Anyway, so if everybody is essentially positive case, and if you die from whatever you got, they're counting that as a COVID death. Now, I'm not saying that people aren't dying more. I do think this article goes 
on to point out things like a lot of the, the what the media is doing is just straight up evil. They are doing things like showing pictures of things that have nothing to do with that and le- letting the people think that it, it's a result of COVID deaths. There's also sort of the self-fulfilling prophecy aspect of this in which India is believing the reports about itself in the same way that we in America believe reports about when the media says something is happening to us. And of course, we don't have eyes everywhere. And so we think that maybe the hospitals are filled up and maybe we should stay home and, and everything else. It just, it, and that feeds in on itself, as I've mentioned a, a million times. I do have an article, I think here as well, uh, some anecdotal stuff of people firsthand from India. It's not COVID that's killing people. It's starvation and genocide. And this is more anecdotal stuff that's saying the, the lockdowns are killing people. Um, this kind of thing is just all over the place. Desperate Indians turn to unproven drugs as virus surges. And this dovetails into the idea that this is all a big vaccine problem, really. And I talked a little bit about this in the last episode that uh, Pfizer and others had said, hey, you know, let's go ahead and uh, sell you some vaccines. And India was like, no, why don't you give us the, the recipe and we'll make it like we always do? And Pfizer was like, no, 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 this time we need you to actually buy ours. And India was like, no, thanks then. And Pfizer, according to the story, was like, OK, enjoy your case-demic and, you know, has the power and the money to act like a, uh, a mob boss at this point. That is the conspiracy theory. I don't know if that's exactly what happened. But then the onslaught of the uh, the monkeys on the typewriters who are getting paid gobs and gobs of money shell out almost exactly the same story, which is desperate Indians turned to unproven drugs and just another hydroxychloroquine hit piece, um, which is almost certainly the reason that India a month ago was always in the news as having literally the best death rate of anybody anywhere near a population as size as theirs. And they were handing out to every citizen these whatever they're calling ready packs that had hydroxychloroquine and all the things that they would uh, you know, need. And basically nobody could understand how the death rate in India was so, so low. In other words, India was doing just fine without Pfizer, but that's not how this is going to go, according to this conspiracy theory. Okay, so I'm going to move on now to Christian news. I've got uh, five more stories that I think are fun, and uh, we will finish up right after that. Okay, I already actually read one of these. The Finnish politician faces up to six years in prison for literally posting a Bible verse on Twitter. Crazy, crazy. Moving on to Yale professor attacks homeschoolers for teaching patriotism. Um, The number of homeschooled children in America has increased dramatically from the coronavirus pandemic, and many parents growing weary of the current public school system indoctrinating instead of educating. And one Yale professor, Philip Gorski, says that the Christian homeschool is a, quote, major vector of white Christian nationalism. In fact, Professor Gorski Gorski recently posted a photo of a homeschooled advertisement uh, blasting, quote, patriotism as part of the curriculum. Quote, there is undoubtedly an overlap between Christian nationalists and Christian homeschoolers, Gorski said, according to Campus Reform. How big is it? And they go on to talk about it like it's a thing. That's what I'm concerned about in this, in this article. Christian nationalism, you mean a person that's a Christian that likes his country and says, hey, by the way, America is a great country. Um, That is a thing now, according to this. And it's just, I think it's just a word game. You have to be very careful because white Christian nationalism, that's not a thing. That's not a group. 
That's not a thing. You know, white, white uh, nationalism, that's not really a thing either. I mean, if you want to say it's just so close, you know, to white supremacy, which I'm used to be a thing. I don't even know what it is now, but we all know that it basically means anything. Um, and that's the problem, especially when they start to make legal things about this. But I, I do want to say this about homeschooling. I, I feel like that we've kind of just been in a little bit of a lull about homeschooling. Maybe not if you're actually in it and, and, and know about it and following it. You probably know that it's being attacked. And I don't really know anything about it. But um, I guess my point is they're going to come for that big time. And it's going to be this kind of stuff. I'm sure it's going to have something to do with vaccines probably at some point, too. But. Moving on. China intensifies crackdowns on Christians, shuts down. We already talked about shuts down Bible apps and Christian uh, WeChat, etc. This is an interesting one. Canadian court empowers police to do anything necessary to disrupt church and to find the pastor. The Polish pastor, who is now uh, known internationally for telling Canadian officials that he does not cooperate with Nazis. <laughs> I, I love that guy. The second one was just as good. Is now targeted by the government. According to a new report from CBN News, though a quietly signed warrant uh, court of Queen's Bench Justice Dave Gates has authorized police and health officials in Alberta to, quote, use such reasonable force as they deem appropriate to gain access to the building belonging to the fortress of Adullam Church in Calgary that is led by Pastor Arthur uh, Polowski. The warrant was reported, reportedly issued on April 23rd, but it was not shared with the Pulaski's attorney, Sarah Miller, until this week, according to Rebel News. According to the details of the uh, a report obtained, the warrant forbids the pastor or anyone else operating on behalf of... Just, I'm just imagining them doing this. It could be such a flashpoint for Canada. I hope they do it. I hope they do arrest him because they won't be able to keep him for very long. I think that the Can Canadians would... would probably surround the place. I hope they would and start, you know, a sit in or something like that, because that guy, um, that guy deserves some support and he could be, he's just viral enough and just famous enough now to be something that they weren't expecting. So I hope, I hope they do. I mean, I think for his sake, uh, and for the country's sake of the country of Canada's sake, you know, let them see that they need a wake up call that people will, uh, will not take this. Um, and so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll do it and everybody just takes it. That's probably the way it's going to go too. I'm going to final, uh, finalize it with a, just a quick, uh, update from, uh, Alan Kirshner at Eschatos Ministries trying to, he's got a Bible prophecy conference this weekend. Uh, you can go to, uh, Eschatos Ministries. You can go to, um, alankirshner.com. I'm trying to click through the website to find out what, what information about it. Okay, here we are. Um, May 7th through 8th, 2021 in Intergrove Heights in Minnesota. So if you're in Minnesota, uh, Alan Kirshner is going to be there as well as Ryan Habana, both of which appeared in my uh, film, Seven Pre-Trib Problems and The Pre-Wrath Rapture, a film that I highly recommend that you check out if you have not seen it. It is a labor of love. I believe it is a a complete antidote to pre-tribulationalism. Sevenpretribproblems.com if you can't find it on YouTube. It is completely free on YouTube as well. Okay, go to the website Bible Prophecy Talk if you're interested in this podcast. Sign up for the mailing list, etc., etc. Check it out on BitChute and everything else. Thank you for your support of this podcast. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.